Welcome to the Buzz Podcast. I am Amanji Singh. Joining me as always is Sukhneet, Jaskirath, and Dilkarn. If you are new to the podcast and want to know a little bit more about us, listen to the beginning of episode one. In episode two, we are really starting to find our groove. We're not in peak form yet, but we are getting there. So sit back and enjoy the second episode of the Buzz Podcast. All right, guys, here we go. Welcome to the Buzz Podcast, episode two. So last week we launched our podcast. I think it went really well. I was actually surprised at how well it went. We got a lot of support, a lot of people sharing the podcast, a lot of people listening, and I was very, very pleased with that. So thank you guys for that. Welcome to the podcast, uh, DK, Jaskirath, and Sukhneet. How'd you guys think the launch went? I think the launch was great. Like all the feedback we got, all the people that shared our posts, that liked our posts, that interacted with our stories, it was an over overwhelming response right that i did not expect at all right i was expecting maybe your close family and friends to see it and maybe give it a look and whatever but a lot of people that we don't even have much mutuals with we're like listening to the podcast and sharing it and that was like very encouraging to me i think that was like really really surprising to me like seeing people that we don't know that all four of us don't know sharing the podcast and liking the podcast and like commenting on stuff i found that like very interesting because it was i was really thinking that it would only be in our circle so i found that like really surprising and someone must have shared it to them for them to get it so thank you guys a lot of this is word word of mouth and spreading it that way we haven't done any like promotion so it's all organic so that was really really cool to see yeah we had no idea what we were going to get going into this even going into the podcast we had no idea how to make a podcast what work goes into it so first of all that was an eye-opener just seeing all the effort that goes into making a podcast and then uh, seeing all the what's called responses was extremely uh, encouraging we got back a lot of uh, positive comments even other comments on things that we can do incorporate and improve as well so all that stuff was really good and encouraging like this is the first time we've done this so we're kind of getting a grip on things as we go like even with google and apple podcast i found that like super interesting like it's not like another like it's not like instagram or facebook where you just make an account and start posting stuff or even like youtube and you can just upload stuff like with uh, apple you have to go through a process where they approve your uh, podcast and then with google there's not even a process so they don't even have a process where they approve you it's kind of like they use an algorithm and if your podcast is at a certain level or it has enough attention then they start using your podcast on their app uh we're happy to announce that now we are on spotify apple and google a lot of hard work went into that but we managed to get there so great job guys and thank you everyone for liking and sharing and supporting us because without you it wouldn't be possible so you can listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast apps now yeah the hard work definitely pays off and we got the amount of love and support that we got from the fans and you know we appreciate that and without the fans you know we wouldn't really have a podcast right so thank you guys for all the love and support and listening to our podcast and sharing with your friends and family yeah the interesting like thing with podcasts is like the amount of analytics you get on the back end as well so like you can see who's listening, like the number of people that are listening, what device they're using, like if they're using iOS or Android, if they're male or female, what, what country they're from. So a lot of that data is like, it's it's interesting to see all the amount of stuff that's being tracked. And it's something that for me, I, I love data and I love looking at information. So for me, that was interesting to see. And hopefully we can use some of that information and bring you guys better products and better stuff. There's people from what the UK, uh, America, one person from Hong Kong, right? Sure. And it's like, <laughs> and it was pretty crazy. Like, yo, Kenya and, uh, too. One person from Kenya. 
<laughs> and it was really crazy how we're seeing like these different demographics and everything just listening to it and we could check it out so. <laughs> so what else have you guys been up to during this time so a lot of us are still in quarantine i know some countries are opening up some provinces in canada are actually opening up ontario seems to be pretty close to opening up but for now we're still at home so what have you guys been up to well during this quarantine i actually found love i fell in love in a place i never thought i'd be capable of falling in love and yeah that's that's what happened with me guys who'd you fall in love with well i don't want to you know i guess the viewers deserve to know deserve to know my dating life uh her name's sc1800 that stands for super cycle 1800 i got her from canadian tire about a year ago it's a bike for those of you guys that didn't get it by now but yeah i've just been going on bike rides trying to stay healthy trying to stay fit i don't really have a lot of weights at my disposal i like weightlifting i never thought i'd be going on bike rides but you got to do what you got to do to stay fit you know yeah i'm actually looking to get a bike right now as well so if anyone has any recommendations or knows about bikes or trying to start the bike bike club so kneet's already been at it i think dk's been on a few bike rides as well so i'm trying to get a bike i don't have a bike currently but if you guys have any recommendations just let me know hit me up in the direct message and let me know what you guys think in the direct message yeah in the direct imagine, message imagine asking for those dms you know in the, in the, hit me up with the direct message guys is that how you say it? the direct message it's a dm buddy come on <laughs> One thing I'd recommend for all uh, bike owners is uh, if you get a bike and uh, you're all about the comfy lifestyle, the ergonomics, uh get a seat, get one of those bike seats from India. Those are extremely nice and wide, they're comfortable, you know, a little cushiony. Uh that's what I have on my bike and it feels nice. I we went on a bike ride I think a week ago. Uh, the weather was nicer then, even though this May has been a little bit cold, whatever, but after i think we're maybe an hour hour and a half like your ass really starts hurting because <laughs> I, mean, i have a really shitty bike seat like your ass really starts hurting so the ideal seats would be so like such a blessing so i'm going to hopefully uh just give it this hope you can send me one especially if you're a bit tech like just give it this you know really need one of those wide seats yeah eh <laughs> the sukhneet's really been checking out just give it that's what that's what i got to get it i know who's tech i know who's not and just give it to wanna be but he's getting there he's getting there There's like there's so much that goes into a bike which like also surprised me. It's like just like watching YouTube videos like there's such a range of bikes and I was actually surprised at how expensive they are. There's like some bikes which like cost more than cars and like I I don't know why they would cost that much. $10,000, man. There's like yeah. $10,000, $15,000 bikes and they're like extremely expensive which I just didn't expect. Like for beginners, people are saying that a good beginner bike costs 600 bucks and that that's like something that's just like that's so bullshit. surprising to me mine yeah. cost 110 dollars after tax yeah that's right what now. i was saying i was like they they shit. shouldn't cost like i was thinking it would cost like maybe like 200 maximum and like and that's how much the bikes at canadian tire cost but these people yeah. that are a little more serious into it are saying that beginner bikes started like 600 bucks and i was like wow Well, the max I goes two fifty. At two fifties, that's my top of that line. Like, if I spend two fifty, yeah, that's some good stuff. If I'm paying that much for a bike, it better be a motorcycle. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Better drive itself. Tesla's got it. Tesla's on it. You know. Put some autopilot on that. Have you guys been watching any good TV shows? Any good movies that you recently saw? Uh, yeah, I've uh, been watching the cold seasons one day because I'm very free. Uh, I recently got Amazon Prime. I'm watching the show called uh, Upload. It's a pretty interesting concept. Right? I really liked it. Maybe the show was maybe the show was not the best, but the the concept behind it is interesting, and I feel like maybe in the next season they could get really better with it. And 
become more interesting. Yeah, I've been watching that as well. So I started watching. I haven't finished it yet, but the concept of it is like really interesting. And I started watching because they said it was made by the creators of The Office. So I thought it was like a funny show. So it, it, it's not really a funny show, but it's like a sci-fi future show, which I also enjoy. And it's like, it's a really... It's a really interesting concept. I wouldn't like go as far as saying it's a really good show, but it has been approved for the second season. So I'll probably finish watching the first season and see how it goes. The gist of the show. Yeah. So basically the show is like once you die, you can either. So there's two options. You can like die regularly and just, you know, how we now like we don't know what happens after. Or you could die and they upload like all your memories and like your whole like personality, everything into a VR system where you get to live in this afterlife that's been created by this VR company basically or something like that. And you're like, it's, you're there in that thing and there's a lot of pay to play for it as well. And there's a lot of different stuff. And then there's like a whole backstory behind why you just have to watch the show. I think. It's kind of like, you know how like Fortnite, you can like buy like every small thing, like you can buy clothes and all these things. So it's like, it's kind of like that, like you can buy stuff in the, in the thing and like the people that are alive or like your past network after you passed away, that that's what like pays for it so they're trying to make money off you like after you die as well so it is a it is an interesting concept and i don't know if we'll ever get there but it is something that like it is something that interests me okay it kind of sounds like a a show i watched i watched it a long time ago i never finished it though it's called westworld where uh, it's basically a, there's like a virtual reality game company they have a virtual virtual reality game and uh people can go and they kind of uh go to these pods and they enter the game in this like virtual world and they're playing the game in there but then i think it starts glitching or something happens and people get stuck in there so they're stuck in the game and i think they can die in there as well that was kind of the gist of the show but i never ended up finishing though it's yeah you can say it's somewhat similar it's, this is more like after you die and it's just about creating like that afterlife experience which is like supposed to be like, oh, it's a really nice experience with this great hotel you're in or whatever you're in with like view, sick views or something. Like it's basically like retirement, but for being dead. Have you guys been watching the Jordan documentary? Yeah, I've, I've actually been like looking forward to it. So this week is probably going to be, this is the last episodes, I think this week, episode nine and 10. So I'm looking forward to that. And it, for like people that don't even like basketball, I think it's just a really well-made documentary. It's similar to like, you know, like how you watch those chef table documentaries on Netflix and how they just the attention of detail that the chefs put in all their passion and all of that. That's the exact same thing that Michael Jordan's doing, but he's just doing it on in a basketball sense. And his commitment to winning and the amount of time that he just puts in to winning is just like it's something to watch and something that really like for me, it really like motivates me. And it's something that like I look at as a good example of someone who's passionate and someone who's like really good at their craft and what they can become with the amount of attention to detail. And you can see that the people around him, not everyone's willing to put in the work that he's putting in. And there's a reason he was the best ever. And that reason was the amount of work he put in. Yeah, as I'd say I'm like a casual basketball watcher, watcher here and there. And uh, like, I've never really gone back to watch any of these Jordan games or anything that, you know, people fight about Jordan or LeBron or whatever. But watching the documentary was like really interesting for me. Like, and it was just a well-made documentary in general. 
and surrounding all the drama that was happening in the organization at that time and all that was like just fun to watch and uh, I feel like uh, it filled up my quota for basketball for this year one thing that is really gonna do I feel like what it is doing like uh, impact the GOAT debate right because everyone's really pumping the LeBron wagon right now for all you LeBron fans out there oh LeBron's the GOAT LeBron this LeBron that I really think LeBron is getting a lot of traction but I feel that one thing that this documentary is going to do is going to slow those LeBron fanboys and say you know what this is what Jordan was right because our generation hasn't had the privilege to watch Jordan games we haven't had the privilege to analyze his game we haven't had the privilege to see greatness to see his grand we've seen LeBron we've seen a lot of greats but Jordan was just something else and this documentary really gives us some insight into that. Yeah, that's a really good point just on like how big of a star Jordan was. Like LeBron is one of the best players ever. And it's like, it's hard to say that LeBron has like some flaws because he's he's pretty much really good all over the board. But Jordan's stardom is just at such a higher level than anyone I've ever seen. And like just this, the amount of commentators or reporters that are around him at all times, how he can't leave the hotel without having being swarmed. It's just like such a... It's something that we don't see nowadays so it's like so interesting and it's interesting to see how Jordan would have fared in like a social media world where it's like LeBron's having to go through this social media world where Jordan was having all this media in his face so it's interesting to see because you can see how Jordan is motivated by small things he's reading the newspaper all the time anyone says anything about him he makes sure the next game he goes and destroys them he goes and if anyone even compares a player to him he goes and destroys that player so no comparison is left for me like the best way I can describe it is like if Jordan is the sun and all the rest of the players are like flashlights right and in front of the sun a flashlight's like not really not really useful and with, with LeBron LeBron's not really a sun he's more of like a street lamp where a street lamp is still like lamp. Or, or you can even say the moon right where, where like they're still bright they're still shining but there's also a lot of other stars that are still bright at the same time He's like a Jurassic powered battery, like a Jurassic powered flashlight to you. Like, come on, like, I, I, I'm not a LeBron fan, but he's not a street light. Come maybe on. he's not a street light. Maybe he's like a smaller star. I don't know. I, I... <laughs> so, well, stars are bigger than the sun, so. Well, some stars are not all stars. They're smaller stars too. I don't know about that. I don't know enough all about stars. that kind of stuff. But he could be. We don't know. But Adam, he's on a street light though. Come on, it's compared to the sun, that that's some crazy stuff, man. Like, I don't like LeBron. I respect his game. For all the stuff he's done to Toronto, all this flopping, all that nonsense, but he in a street light. I'm just trying to compare the magnitude of the stardom, right? So in Jordan's era, Jordan was the star, right? In LeBron's LeBron's era, LeBron's a star. KD's, KD's won championships while LeBron's playing. Steph Curry's a star. Right in LeBron's time, it was in uh, Jordan's time. It was just Jordan. Like there was Jordan, and then there was everyone else. In LeBron's time. LeBron is is great, but at the same time, Kobe was there, KD was there. All these people won championships while LeBron was playing. In Jordan's prime, Jordan was the only one winning. But I think one point for LeBron is that players are better than they were in the 90s, the skill level, right? The athleticism. Say what you want to say about the defense, all the old school mentality, but I feel like the depth of all-stars we have, like how many good players that you could say that sure during Jordan's time, the best were better. But I feel that overall, the NBA is at a better place right now with the level of stars that we have. And I think that's one thing that's, I guess, it's against LeBron, right? Because LeBron doesn't have the same privilege, right? And that's not to say that Jordan didn't go bring his competition. Not at all. But that's just that's just the nature of everything, right? Everything progresses. Everything gets better. And that's just the nature of the NBA. Yeah, I would agree with I would agree with that point that the players, like overall, the average player is much better nowadays. 
But I would say that the star players, like the top players at that time, were pretty much comparable. There was yeah. fewer. There was fewer per team. But overall, it's it's just interesting to watch the documentary and just see the amount of like attention and detail that goes into what he's doing in order to achieve this greatness. The other thing that I've been doing in this process is I've started doing morning workouts. So uh, switching up my schedule, usually I do four workouts uh, a week, which are pretty hard. They're like two hour workouts and they were really leaving me beat up and I wasn't able to focus my time on other stuff. So I'm kind of taking the workouts and putting them to a back seat. So I'm going to be doing six workouts a week, which are shorter workouts. So 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm going to be doing them in the morning, which I think works out better for me. And I've been doing it this week and it's been giving me a lot more time throughout the day. So that's, that's something that I'm working on. So hopefully that time leads to better content with this podcast and other stuff that I'm working on. Damn. So what time do you wake up in the morning of Manji? So like I try to get eight hours of sleep. So if I sleep around nine 30, I try to wake up around five or five 30. And that's usually pretty good for me. And then I work out for an hour and then I start work at eight. So I work eight to four. Usually once you start working, your schedule starts to like shift back. I know like you guys are, you guys are free now. You guys are students. So you guys like wake up to like six o'clock in the morning or something like that. But once you start working, your schedule really shifts to whatever time you're working. I just want to say if anybody noticed, Manji didn't put part or nickname anywhere in a schedule. So I think we're gonna have to have a little talk after him. For him, the barbell is his nickname. You shouldn't. You shouldn't go around advertising your nickname. But I, uh, the only murti puja I do is with the iron. Oh, (laughs) but you do. But you do do murti puja. Is what you're saying? Only of the iron. But he, Amanji Singh admitted to Murti Puja. Here we have it, 2020. Cancel Amanji. Cancel Amanji. Hashtag cancel Amanji. Hashtag save the bees. <laughs> you guys couldn't cancel me if you wanted to. I don't think oh, enough. we'll cancel you all right, buddy. I don't think enough people listen, listen to this podcast to get well, me canceled. We got a shitload of views. They'll all cancel you. Yeah, promise you that. <laughs> Only if we say so. We don't cancel them otherwise. We need I think like eventually we might get cancelled, but I think Sukneet's gonna be the one who gets cancelled first. No, I'll never get cancelled. I'll cancel them. I'll, I can never get cancelled. It's you. It's you people. <laughs> yeah. All right, just Giret, what do you have for us this week? Current events with just Giret the cutie boy. A lot of what people have been talking about recently, something that's really been affecting uh, our community in general and been uh, circulating the Canadian news as well, is a doctor in Montreal who recently uh, shaved off his beard in order to be able to continue working with the pandemic. So I was wondering, what do you guys think about it? We've actually got a lot of requests to talk about this topic. A lot of people have been sending us messages to talk about this topic. And I didn't really want to talk about this topic because I think that a lot of people have put out their opinions and there's a lot of opinions out there. So with saying that, we'll talk about it briefly. I think that overall, we got to look at this from every perspective. So if we're looking at it, we have to look at it from the vice perspective, which is we're going to take the whole situation and we're going to understand it from every side. So from his perspective, I think we don't personally know him. I don't know what kind of a person he is or what his values are. So first of all, it's important to bring that up. The reason we are talking about him, the reason we're bringing this up is because he made it public. He shared his story with everyone 
And that gives us the right to talk about it. If this was someone who just did this on their own personal life, I don't think I would talk about it. I don't think I'd bring it up because that's their own personal business. But bringing this up, sharing it with everyone really makes it, it really makes it able for us to talk about it and discuss it. So what I'll start off with is a story from uh, Guru Gobind Singh Ji's time about a Sikh named Sajan Rai. Have you guys heard this story before? No. no. So Sajan Rai, he was, uh, he was a Sikh of Guru Gobind Singh Ji's time and he was from Lahore. And he really, he heard a lot about Guru Gobind Singh Ji. And from a young age, he kept hearing about it because people from Lahore would go visit Guru Gobind Singh Ji and he would hear about it. So throughout his like life, one of the biggest things he wanted to do was go visit Guru Gobind Singh Ji in Anandpur Sahib. So he, he would think about that constantly. And when he came to the age where he could travel, he went and visited Guru Gobind Singh Ji at Anandpur Sahib. And Sajan Rai was a Ved, which is a doctor, right? So at that time when he saw Guru Gobind Singh Ji and his whole life's dream was to meet Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Kind of like if, like if there's something that you really want to do or if there's a celebrity you want to meet, some people might understand this, but there's someone you really want to meet. Guru Gobind Singh Ji was that person for him. So when he went and Guru, met Guru Gobind Singh Ji, Guru Gobind Singh Ji asked him, what's your name? What do you do? And he's like, my name is uh, Sajan Rai and I'm a doctor. And Guru Gobind Singh Ji's like, what are you doing here? Uh, he's like, go help people. Why are you here? So his whole like dream in life was to meet Guru Gobind Singh Ji and Guru Gobind Singh Ji met him briefly. But what all he said was, go and help people. That's what your purpose is. And that's what you should be doing as a doctor, right? So Sajan Rai goes and he eventually establishes a practice. And in this practice, uh, one day Guru Gobind Singh Ji, he gets news that Guru Gobind Singh Ji years later is coming to his bend, right? So in this bend, Guru Gobind Singh Ji will be coming. And at the same time, an old lady comes to him and he's, she's like, my daughter-in-law, she is in a lot of uh, pain right now and she needs a lot of help. So in Sajan Rai's mind, he starts to get like, Dopta. he's like, should I wait for the guru who I want to see really badly? And I might miss out on seeing the guru if I, if I go and help this lady or should I go and help this lady? And then he remembered what Guru Gobind Singh Ji told him and Guru Gobind Singh Ji said, your duty as a doctor is to serve people. And when Sajan Rai goes and serves this woman, when he's coming back, she's, she's healed. He comes back and in his house, Guru Gobind Singh Ji is sitting on his uh, manja. And Guru, when he comes in, Guru Gobind Singh Ji says, Sajan Rai, you have earned daya. Daya means compassion. You have earned compassion. And compassion is the first thing in Sikhism that you need to earn. So Sajan Rai earned compassion. So going back to that story, a doctor's job is to serve people. But the reason we're going to talk about this story and what goes on is Sajan Rai kept his Sikhi first. He kept Guru Gobind Singh Ji in his mind first. And that was really his purpose. So a doctor's job, and it is admirable that they want to serve people. Any doctor at this time that's working, if this was a Gora who had to shave his beard, we would say, we, I don't know what we would say, but people would say that they are doctors and they are serving their, uh, their communities and they're doing it in a time where people are dying of this deadly virus, where especially doctors are at so much risk because they're, ex they're exposed over such long period of times and they have a higher degree of risk. So based on that, I think we should admire his ability to be a doctor and do his job. But in saying that, I think the biggest thing is just making this thing so public and making it so public that everyone knows that a Sikh shaved his beard to serve, uh, to serve patients. 
that's, I think, where something could have been done differently. I don't know if this was his intent or if like reporters approached him and they were like, this is a great idea and they convinced him because that's something that could have happened. But I think that overall, it shouldn't have been made so public because even if he was doing this, he should have done it in a way where he's not putting his community at risk. I think what he was trying to do, I, I can't really speak to it, but from what I'm reading is he was trying to show that the Sikh community is willing to sacrifice anything. And in this situation, I feel like it might have sacrificed the wrong thing, which is our case. Cases for us, it's our Shromani Kakar, which is the most important Kakar. So it's also the Kakar we're born with. So shaving it is a very big no for us. And looking at other situations, like other doctors have proven that they can work while keep keeping their case. So I think the big thing to take away from this situation, and I want to hear your guys' opinions as well. I've gone a bit long, but the big thing in this situation is there's always a way. There's always a way to achieve something. There's always a way to get around the situation. So don't lose hope so quickly. Try to figure out other alternatives. If you can't figure out other alternatives, look around, search, ask other people for help. Because I feel like if he had consulted other sick doctors in this case, so there's literally thousands of sick doctors who are probably going through the same situation. They could have come up with a solution. And as other sick doctors have, they should have consulted those other sick doctors. And I think where they went wrong was the publicity of this issue. So anytime you're going as a sick and you like even the us in this podcast, we have a duty as six as wearing uh, beards and having turbans. We have a duty to represent ourselves in the best way possible. So keep that in mind whenever you're in a public forum, if you're giving an interview or you're going to be put up in a public spot, because that really sets a precedent precedent of what you say. So that's what we should keep in mind. That's what we should learn from the story. Really, for me, this is something of a learning experience more than anything. It's surprising that uh, uh, Dr. Suja, he mentions that he spoke with uh, Sikh religious leaders uh, that uh, told him to go ahead with this. But that's really surprising because, like you said, a lot of other doctors, like I think there are some uh, surgeons and whatnot in the U.S. who uh, they posted videos afterwards as well, how they tie up their beard and have gotten approval of wearing their masks as well. So they're surgeons. So it's ex- extremely important to have that sanitation, sanitation for them as well. Uh, six have always been very creative. Like even when we fought in the world wars, we were able to get, get past that barrier uh, by and we're able to wear masks, like gas masks and whatnot during those wars as well. So I'm not sure how, what these Sikh leaders were thinking as well. And uh, like you said, we don't know who, uh, what Dr. Sluja was thinking, what was going on. Uh, years ago, Dr. Sluja was very vocal against uh, Bill 21, their news articles, where he's speaking out against it and the implications of the bill to uh, people that are wearing symbols of faith and uh, how they might not be able to live in Quebec or work in Quebec or would rather move somewhere else and work there. But yeah, I believe that the fact that he made this very public, that's the most uh, dangerous part for Sikhs especially because uh, the media is very celebrating this fact that he cut his hair for us. So uh, uh, we should be celebrate this. This is what Sikhs should be doing. This is what Sikhs do. So next time, uh, a, maybe a Sikh doctor or somebody comes at this uh, crossroad, others who don't see the situation with the Sikh mentality are going to think about Dr. Sluja and thinking that, well, that guy cut his hair. So maybe you should do the same. And if you weren't doing well, that guy was a Sikh as well. Are you not a Sikh? 
especially in Quebec, right? Like uh, where people want you to like, like religion is separate from your uh, public duty. So these people want us to keep our religious aside or our religion aside or religion for a personal time. So they would be like, that doctor did that once. So you guys should be able to do this at any time. And it sets like a bad precedent for any sick out there. That's especially in Quebec, that's trying to work in the, a public job like that. Especially with the Bill 21 implications, right? The Quebec's loving this right now. They're pumping this up like crazy. I'm a bit surprised with Dr. Saluda because he was a vocal advocate against Bill 21, but then making this so public and the implications that this has on Bill 21 is huge, right? And also setting a very dangerous precedent in the future whenever any sick daughter might come at a crossroad, like Jeskita just said, we'll be like, well, you know what? He was a good sick. You know, look at him. Humanity, save our service. He did it. Why can't you just do it, right? So this is very dangerous for like, for six, the, how long we've been in Canada, the amount of progress we've made. And this, I'm not saying this is going to set us back, this, that, but this definitely has some implications on that. Well, I think it kind of does set us back, though, because uh, in Canada, especially, I think around the world, Canada is one of the spots where six have really uh, made a lot of progress. So uh, the fact that a bill like Bill 21 is in place and then something like this happened where now, this is something that people aren't going to use against uh, Bill 21. This is something that the media will actually rather be using in support of Bill 21, that if somebody's able to get rid of their symbol of faith uh, in this one case, well, then maybe we can kind of get this done in other places as well. But we, Dr. Saluja probably is still against Bill 21. Like, we can't comment on that. He, he shaved his beard for the mask purposes, but he still has his, uh, I think he ties a part gun. Now, that's from the pictures that I saw. Yeah. Um, by, the, by the setback thing, I didn't mean that there isn't going to be a setback. I don't know how big of a setback this is going to have, right? That's what I meant to that. The other thing is we don't necessarily know like who these religious leaders were. I think that's one thing that hasn't come out, who these religious leaders were. It could have been like his father, his father-in-law. Sometimes people refer to those people as religious leaders as well. So we don't know who these religious leaders were. We don't know who he consulted. And it wasn't like he didn't consult a whole group of people. And I think the one thing that we should keep in mind before judging him is that this probably like we think that this was some easy decision for him and we do like put a lot of stuff on him like a, a lot of people are putting a lot of judgment towards him i think that this was a very difficult decision for him and i think that we should keep that in mind i think in his mind he was making the best decision he could at the time and he didn't think of all the implications and i think that's the biggest takeaway is think of all the implications that are involved and always look at this and always look at any situation as, is there another alternative? Can I consult someone else to get a better, better advice? Other people are going through this. And what if other, the, the good thing is we haven't seen other sick doctors doing this. We haven't heard about other sick doctors doing it. So like, what if this was the case and other sick doctors started shaving their beards just to handle COVID-19 for us? One of the big things to take away from this is it's only been one case. And that's, I would say that's probably a pretty positive thing. People haven't taken, other situations and made it into this situation. Yeah, shout out, truly shout out to all the sick doctors out there, England, uh, US, a lot of them came out to social media as well to show what they are doing to overcome any barriers that they are facing and still being able to serve during this global pandemic. But I think the biggest issue people had was, wasn't like what he did in, on his personal time is what he, he did. But the fact that he had all these photos, I think there was a photo shoot of him in the barbershop. Uh, barbershops are closed right now. So 
I don't know how that happened, but uh, I think he had someone who he knows cut his beard. I think it was a pizza shop owner, but barber sh- shops are closed at this time, so it is it is the hardest time to get your cut haircut. Yeah, so the the fact that there were like photo shoots happening of that and uh, these videos being made, it was it was like a whole social media campaign, you could say. That campaign is what's the problem. I I totally agree with that. It, it was it was that campaign. It was all the publicity it got after that, and I think that there has been a lot of responses in a positive light, like you showed of six just showing that they can do their job with their beards, their turbans, and that is not a barrier for them to perform any profession. I think that it did take make us take a step back, but then there was also a step forward where we were able to show something really positive and that we can actually do this. It would have been a really difficult thing if we didn't have a solution. And I think having that solution really made this, yeah, we can do anything. And before you do something or before you take a difficult step, think about it. No, for sure. It, it's it solidified others' strength in this. So other doctors, even doctors that were maybe unsure, now they see the other, uh, what's it called, surgeons and who not coming out and seeing that just encourages them, them more to, if anybody even raises any questions, they can show them these surgeons, these top doctors that, are st- that still have their beard and still are uh, serving people. With this situation, Dr. Sluja and all, all these other uh, sick uh, doctors, they've, they had the option of, like, they've ha- they have options of being creative and, like, using their uh, masks or PPE in a different way where, like, they don't have to cut their beard, right? And we've seen, like, doctors and how Skate was mentioning these surgeons have done it. But what if, like, in the future, some, some uh, like, how, uh, however many years down the road, right, there comes a time where there's another virus or something like that, where uh, like medical professionals, especially six, they have to cut their beard. Like there is no other creative way where we can do anything. Like it's you cut your beard or you can't uh, do your duty. What would we, what do you think that they should do in that point? Should they cut their beard? And if they do, should we consider that seva or whatnot? I don't think we can talk to everyone. I think like you have to look at it in your case. So like, if I was a doctor, what would I do? I wouldn't like be able to talk to everyone. So like what I would do as a doctor, and it's easy for me to say, because obviously I'm not in that situation right now. I'm not putting my life on the line, but I would try to find as creative of a way as possible. And then I would be, I would get to the point where I would be like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. If you guys like it or not, uh, that's up to you. I'm going to put the decision in their court. I'm going to give them my best solution. And I'm going to have faith in my guru that uh, he's going to protect me. And that for some people who aren't religious, that might sound naive, but that's just the point of view that I have. And that's what I would go with. So what I was saying was more like you're saying finding a way, but like there is no way, like no way at all. I think there right? there has been like times, like even when you're going into battlefields or when you're going to other stuff, you can't really think about death in those situations. If you look at it from a warrior perspective, you can't really be like, oh, I'm scared to go into this place. At that time, you have to do your duty and death might come either way. Death is already in the way that I believe death is already written for you when it comes. So you might as well do it in an honorable way and you might as well keep your religion. So the worst thing that can happen in this situation is death. And it's easy for me to say again, but I would probably try to protect myself the best way I can. And then the rest is up to what happens. Yeah, I can't see a situation where I'd have to cut my dirty, obviously. But just for the sake of the question, 
Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't, right? Whatever comes in store, comes in store. But for me, like my case, my safety, that's just of the utmost importance, right? I can't place anything else above that. So I'd, I'd have to keep my case. Like Sukhneet's a really good example of this. He's the he's a football player. He played football with his with his case, with his Ganga, his Kada, his Kripan while he was playing football. And he found creative ways of doing that. So there is always a way. I think that's what you got to like realize is like, take your time. There's always a way to figure this out. Yeah. A lot of like, yeah, a lot of people, even with that, some people be confused. Well, how do you do it? It was pretty simple, right? You just got to be creative. Well, one way that DK helped me, he kind of helped me find a new way than what I was doing. And, you know, just having like a small baby cut off, small dori karpan, smaller kanga, and just, you know, just being innovative, right? That's where Sangat comes in, right? I was lucky enough to have that Sangat to help me find a better way than what I was doing to keep my kakaras on me to play football, right? Because that was obviously, you know, my sikhi was way more valuable than football was. Would you but, say DK is your uh, religious uh, guidance? Period? Oh, 100%. <laughs> He's definitely a pillar in my community. He's a, like you said in the first podcast, this guy's a sikh encyclopedia. He's like, I sat down and he told me what he told me and I did not question it and it worked out. That's a true story. No matter what DK says, it's a true story. No, no, no. They're all lying. I don't know anything. But yeah, so I, I just want to uh, pose that question as you know, just like it came up to me like, yo, what if something came up like that? Then I was, I was, like, there's also like a lot of other aspects if we think about it. Like at that point, if something's that big and nothing can be done, I feel like the Akalta would also have to make statements. And like these big, like in this case, it's like, oh, my religious leader. But at that point, actual religious leaders and Bidwans should congregate and come up with points and to talk about it or not, right? But this is just a hypothetical what if. All right, just Jaskirith, what else do you got for us? So I don't know if you guys uh, heard about this before, but uh, apparently there's a thing called murder bees that are kind of going crazy. I think they're in the western, uh, along the western coast, and uh, along BC and uh, the, in the US as well. So these are basically the, what they're actually called are Asian giant hornets. People nickname them uh, murder bees because so what these guys do is they find a beehive of honeybees. And uh, the easiest way to explain this is by calling them pirates. They kind of come into the hive, they take it over, they enter it, and then they just start massacring the honeybees. They tear their heads off. And I think they, kill, they can kill about 40 honeybees in one minute in a few hours, like they'll kill like 30,000 bees, annihilate the entire hive. Uh, so they fly the larvae back to their, uh, their nests and whatnot to feed their own babies, their queen and uh, everything. So it's really interesting how these uh, bees came here. This is something that we haven't uh, really seen here. So this invasive she- uh, species is uh, growing. So anytime you really have an invasive species, like we see this with the pythons in Florida, like they can devastate a complete ecosystem. I I love talking about the pythons in Florida, if you guys want to talk about that another day. But with uh, these killer bees, I've actually been following like killer bees and been fascinated about them for like about eight years now. I first learned about them in my first year of university where we were watching the news and this came up before where Asian killer bees were actually, they, they had went on assault and they had killed a few people. So they kill about 30 to 50 people every year. So mainly in Japan and they are very, very deadly. So one sting won't kill you, but it is very, very painful. And when it like, when they sting you, your skin in that area starts to rot away. But if you're swarmed by multiple of them, they will kill you. And the way that they kill these bees is actually 
like nature is one of the most like ruthless things ever. So the way that they kill these bees is they actually use, they have like these like pliers at the front of their mouth and they like cut like the bees heads off. And it's like insane to watch. Like the size comparison is like if you took like a normal human being and you compared it to like a hulk. So like these Asian bees are like, they're like two inches long and compared to a regular bee, it's like they're like going up against a hulk. So these bees can, in like small numbers, like 30 of these like Asian killer hornets can kill like 30,000 like bees in a hive. And it's like just very interesting to see how nature works. So, and it's interesting to see what the bees in North America will do because this could also affect the pollination cycle. And bees in Asia, in Japan have developed ways to protect themselves and that's also very interesting so one of the ways they do this is they they spread a scent and they allow the killer hornet to come into their hive so if they meet them in the open air in the open battle the the giant hornets literally kill the bees very easily but if they bring them into their own hive and this only works with a few asian killer hornets so they bring them into a hive and literally hundreds of them surround these bees so they surround them and the way they kill this hornet is they surround it and they raise their body temperature by doing activity because the bees can withstand a lot more heat than the killer hornets can. So they raise it to about 150 degrees and the bees can withstand this, but the hornets can't. And this causes the hornet to overheat and die. So that's what the bees in Japan have learned to like combat these Asian killer hornets. But it's interesting to see what the bees in North America will do because they probably don't know this technique and they probably haven't went up against an animal like this. And that's what's interesting about invasive species and why they're able to kill whole ecosystems is because they bring new techniques and it's going to take a like evolution isn't a, like a two season process or even the one season process the evolution is something that takes a long time generations many generations so it's not like the north american honeybees are gonna develop any sort of defense mechanism to these hornets anytime soon it'll be interesting to see if they actually develop something or not because one of the things that they also talk about like rats so if a rat in another part of the world learns something a rat in another part of the world will learn that faster so that's something like they've actually done research on figuring out what like the rat testing is something that is like very very common so they've done that with that species and i don't know how that works and i don't know like if we have these telecommute uh, telepathic communication stuff but it would be interesting if the bees just naturally know these techniques yeah, it's going to be very hard for the North American bees to adjust and learn their fighting techniques, right? But I guess one thing we could do to help these bees is go killer hornet hunting, right? We got to save the bees. We got to save the pollination cycles. We got to hashtag save the bees, FTBs for the bees. Something they're doing is uh, they're putting out traps for the queen hornets. So the queen hornet, basically, it goes, I think it goes out to mate and then it goes and burrows for the winter and comes back out in the spring to find a new nest. So when uh, she comes out to mate or when she goes uh, out to find a new nest, that's when they're putting out these traps so they can capture them. They're not that prevalent yet though. Like they're, they're not, established in north america yet they're still kind of uh there's been a few sightings and spottings so they're trying to get them i, I don't think we'll have a real problem here ontario or anything like it snows i don't think the hornets are going to be able to withstand temperatures or like the climate that's here you know what i find uh, super interesting always is like when you're watching alien movies 
they're always like structured in terms of like similar to that hierarchy where there's like always like a queen or there's like someone who's like the central figure. And if you go after that central figure, you can kill all the rest of the aliens, even though they're more advanced than us. And like we see that in nature, but like I always find that interesting in like space movies or alien movies that like that's the concept and it's like similar to the bees. So if aliens ever come here one day, it'll be like interesting to see if it's that's the way that they are structured. What if we were like that? You have to kill maybe like what you kill the president or the prime minister and all Canadians die. You know, then we then we would like spend like our whole life like these bees like we would spend our whole life and our whole purpose would just be to protect that one person right but if you look in like the olden times when there was like battles happening between like kings kingdoms and whatnot as soon as one side killed the other side's general or their uh king uh after that like the army would just run back like it was over yeah it's the same thing like here as it's, well it's, it's totally similar it's it's interesting how time changes i, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, driving through mississauga are uh, those signs of like the asian long-horned beetle yeah yeah, uh, those are usually all over the place. I always wonder that about about that as well. So this kind of reminded me that as well. Like that's an invasive species that came here, but uh, that apparently kills trees. Yeah. So the Asian longhorn beetle, it'll just uh, sit on a tree, kind of nest on it, and then eat through it and kill it. Apparently, because of that, and this is something interesting that I found. Uh, me, Sukhneet, and DK, we did a trip across Canada to BC a few years ago, and there are signs on the highway to not transport uh, like uh, fire logs across a. Uh, provinces across certain areas so we were really wondering why like it's just wood you burn it here you burn it there's probably the same thing yeah even when you come back from the airport like they always ask you have you been to a farm like they check a lot of stuff like have you been to a farm are you bringing any seeds or stuff because they know that the invasive species can like damage a whole ecosystem like similar to what happened in the florida everglades i don't know if you guys have heard about this but pythons were so they had a few python like labs because of hurricanes uh got destroyed and the pythons got loose so like few hundred of them and then i think also people just had them as pets and they got let loose but they they can like grow so quickly so like one python can have a hundred eggs each year and what they've done is they've literally devastated that population so all the deer all the raccoons anything in that area that's literally their food so they've eaten all of those and now what they're doing is they're going after like alligators so it's like a python and alligator war and the pythons in this case are winning but that's like one of the craziest thing and they're actually like bringing people over from like India or like Sri Lanka who know how to deal with snakes. So these people are like going through Florida and they're like trying to like hunt these snakes down. It's like, it's probably one of the most Florida stories out there. <laughs> Florida. Those got crazy stuff going down over there. It's funny to watch like YouTube videos of the Indian people that are there. Like they have like these like techniques and they can just like grab snakes and stuff. And it's like the white people and the rednecks, like they're working with them. So they're like trying to like train them how to do it as well. It's like, it's a, it's a funny combination to watch. Maybe we got to get people people down here to help us fight these killer hornets you know go hunting that's what we got to do that's the solution so can really wants to uh Sukhneet really wants to like attack them head on. Yeah, but the messed up thing is you can't even wear like a beekeeper suit and go hunt them because they yeah. can bite through that shit. Like, I, I don't know what I do. Like, do I get some bulletproof like bodysuit? I don't know. I'm down. You have thin, you have thick enough skin. I think you'll be okay. I don't know. It ain't that thick. You know, it's not as thick as you think it is, MG, but I don't know. But I'm down. You know, to what, fight you know what we're going to use? Have you guys seen those uh, Tesla flamethrowers? Yeah. What? Yeah, we're going to oh. use those. 
No, but then you might be killing our bees. You can't be killing our boys. We need them for pollination, man. We need those guys. Apparently, the hornets don't attack humans, though, unless they feel threatened. Well, too bad I'm going to attack them first because they're killing my boys. From what, from what I've heard is that, like, people were really scared. Oh, these killer bees are coming. We're all going to die now. What's 2020 and everything? But, like, <laughs> most of the attacks that are, like, humans that have got attacked are, like, beekeepers themselves, right? It's not, like, random people here and there are getting attacked. It's just these beekeepers. No, yeah, this can really affect uh, bee populations because, uh, as you know, in the, the previously, like just I think the past decade or so, bee populations have been on a decline. Uh, naturally, there were quite a few times the movement started to like save the bees. A lot of celebrities got on that as well because it's affecting uh, pollination and uh, agriculture and whatnot, which is really important. It's good. There was actually that movie that came out, the bee movie, and it was all about like how bees support the pollination cycle and how important they are. Like that, that was one of the things that came out of that. So it's like, it's interesting to see what would happen once, like with an invasive species, you never know what happens, but let's see how, how it goes. And hopefully they'll be able to prevent it and prevent the spread. A lot of this stuff, I, I think like it comes through like shipping containers as well. So it's interesting to see like what precautions we're going to be taking going forward. Yeah, we should all be aware yeah kill the killer hornets before they kill our boys and wash your hands all right so let's take a break coming out of the break we'll be talking about the buys bracket challenge we had a lot of success and a lot of voting on uh, our instagram channel so we'll talk about that we'll talk about what went on on the instagram channel how the fans and how you guys reacted and how we reacted to your reactions and how we're going to vote as well so look forward to that we're going to take a short break and see you guys after the break Alright guys, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going over the two separate brackets. So we have a bracket that you guys have voted on throughout the week. And we're also going to go over our own bracket, right? So we'll see who the two separate winners are. And in our bracket, if we have a 2-2 tie, what we'll do is we'll go back to your guys' bracket and we'll take your vote into consideration as a fifth one to move things on, right? So we'll just go over the results real quick over the past week, then we'll get into what the Bice think. So for the first match, we had Dorito Sweet Chili Heat going up against the Pringles Original. We had the Dorito Sweet Chili Heat winning by 69%. No surprise there. We had Ketchup Chips versus Miss Vicky's Jalapeno. This is one of the most heated matchups. We had guys posting on the stories. We had guys trying to lobby for more, for more votes, but Ketchup Chips ended up edging it out by 51%. The next matchup was Cheeto Puffs versus the Doritos Nacho Cheese. Another very popular matchup. It was close, but Doritos Nacho Cheese ended up edging it out with 56%. Then we had the Ruffles All Dress versus the Doritos Cool Ranch, which is one of Amanji's favorites for some reason, but the Ruffles All Dress ended up winning by 71%. Then in the final four, we had the Doritos Sweet Chili Heat winning by 62% against the Ketchup Chips. Two heavyweights going at it. And then we had the Ruffles All Dress beating the Doritos Nacho Cheese by 61%. Then the final champion, Chip Round, we had the Doritos Sweet Chili Heat versus the Ruffles All Dressed, and the Doritos Sweet Chili Heat won by 58%. I think the fans, for the most part, I think they got it right. I think uh, I would agree with most of the votes. The one that I was really surprised about was the Miss Vicky's uh, jalapeno losing to the ketchup chips. And I think that ketchup chips probably had the hardest road to come this far. They went up against Miss Vicky's twice. So they went up against Miss Vicky's barbecue and Miss Vicky's jalapeno. And for Miss Vicky's not to make it to the final four or have a chip in the final four, I think that's like 
pretty pretty surprising. I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it came down to the matchups, though. That was an heated what's it called matchup, and I'm not saying heated because jalapenos are hot. Uh, that was a very tight one. So I was really rooting for the Miss Vickies. I'm appalled. I'm sad. Uh, I, I'm surprised that people that ketchup chips kind of came out on top, and that too only by I think two or three votes. Like I think throughout most of the the 24 hour period that the polling was going on, it was 50 50 50 50. Uh, Miss Vicky's was on top quite a few times as well. But in the end, I'm, I'm just disappointed, guys. Well, I'm surprised you're Canadian that you hate ketchup chips that much. Like, you really might not be Canadian then, eh? Aren't you a jalapeno lover? I am, but that's a, that's a coin toss for me. But ketchup chips, I don't know, just hits different, man. They're exactly they're ketchup chips, man. That's the point I've been making. And uh, I want to thank everyone that voted for ketchup chips and got them to the final four. And I also want to thank everyone that voted for Miss Vicky's because that's also a very amazing chip. But I do not want to thank Jaskirth because he's a flat out hater. Lay's does not compare with Miss Vicky's. Think about the crunch, the texture, even the thickness of the chip, the flavor. Lay's does not come anywhere near Miss Vicky's. So, Jaskirth, the people, they voted for ketchup chips. I think ketchup chips won out for a reason so are you telling me that the people are wrong the listeners to this podcast do you think they're wrong the interesting thing about the vote was like up until the very last hour jalapeno had a lead or it was tied and like at the very end we had two people vote ketchup chips over so i would say that the people were pretty much 50 50 yeah they were all right so should we get into the actual matchups and see how we do that was what the fans voted for now let's see what we think so the first matchup out of the east we got the Dorito sweet chili heat going up against the pringles original i think it's clear sweet chili heat Doritos. Mm-hmm. yeah they're unbeatable Sweet 100%. Chili Heat, they are the favorite in this tournament, and I will have to go with uh, Sweet Chili Heat. I'll be just curious. Pringles are a very nice chip. Pringles aren't the same as like your every other chip. They're they're very they're they're a little distinct. Okay, what do you got though? Who, who you got winning? I, I I like that kick and flavor, so I'm gonna go with the Sweet Chili. Okay, if you if you play, if you picked Pringles, I would have I would have voted to kick you off the podcast because that would have been blasphemy. All right, so that that's an easy one. We're not even gonna talk about that too much because the Sweet Chili Heat, you know, one of the best chips around. So the next matchup, which is gonna get a bit bit heated with Jaskirat, we got the Lay's ketchup chips versus the Miss Vicky's jalapeno. So for this one, this is the closest matchup and the most tight matchup in the whole tournament. My personal favorite thing to do is I like to take Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips and then take one ketchup chip and eat it together. It's like one of the best like combinations. So try that. And I think that that's really like that that sour as well as that like sweet taste where it like combines is really the perfect chip, which is like going back to the sweet chili heat, why it's such a big favorite because it has both and it covers both areas. Yeah. this case i'm gonna go with ketchup chips and i like miss vicky's a lot better i like the chip a lot better but the flavor for lays is just better if like miss vicky's could have a ketchup chip i think that would be like one of the best chips out there but Lay's ketchup chips takes it for me. I gotta agree with Manji. Lay's ketchup chips are just, they're the best. Yeah. Lay's Dendabon. You guys already, already know. I'm going for Miss Vicky's. If, if you respected the Lay's chips, that's okay. But you disrespect the Lay's chips. That, that's that's I totally fe- not cool. That's I not feel like cool, they're man. just overdone. You're overdone, buddy. You, you're well, still here, the though. fans and us have voted. So Lay's is moving yes, on. It is Lay's. Okay. So now moving on to the Eastern Conference. We got the Cheetos Pots versus the Doritos Nacho Cheese. In this matchup, I was actually surprised at uh, how people voted. I was really hoping, like this one was also, it, I think this was the second tightest race. And uh, Cheetos was on top, I think, at one point as well. But then Nacho Cheese took over. I was surprised Cheetos didn't win, but I'm going to have to go with Cheetos. I was actually very surprised about this as well, especially about how like far away the difference was. I'm going to go with Cheetos as well. Uh Ooh. 
Doritos are like really good. They are classics and they are one of the best chips, but I'm going to go with Cheetos Puff because I, I really enjoy the flavor of Cheetos Puffs and I don't have them as often as I have Doritos and that might be why, but I'm going to go with Cheetos Puffs. For me, I think uh, both of these chips, right? They're both the cheesy chips. So with the Cheetos with their orange nacho cheese and then the Doritos also are nacho cheese. But they also are very different in how they taste and their textures are clearly different, right? But the Doritos, just how they are and how versatile they are, like we were talking about last time, yeah, it just makes it better, a better chip. So you got the Doritos nacho cheese? Yeah, for sure. I think that like Doritos nacho cheese is like like Amanji was saying, it's more a little more um khada janta hai. I would compare Doritos nacho cheese with like gobi sabji, and Cheetos is like shahi paneer. Oh, oh man, you, you crazy crazy taste. you're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> You should be yo, you should you mute this guy. Mute this guy. I I I don't I don't think you're understanding my point. My point is that one minute, just keep it, just keep it. Don't you all the time? Don't you hate Shapeni? Oh, that's a different topic. That's a oh different my, topic. Yo, this guy. Oh my goodness. Yo, oh my. This is this is. <laughs> I don't so I don't bad. think Jaskira's opinion is valid. We we can discuss that. We can discuss that some other day. Oh, this is crazy. This. Is but crazy. my 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 point here is that Cheetos oh is one God. of those things. Kadi kadi khai diya, but. That's, that's where you're wrong. It's like, it's like these are both paneer sabjis. They're both in the same category of yeah. having that not that cheese flavor. They're not okay, totally right. different things. Okay, we'll just move on then. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to stick with Doritos nacho cheese. It's a tough one. And since the fans also voted nacho cheese, we're going to have the Doritos moving on to the next round. Just you suck. Your opinion does not matter. Moving on to the next matchup. You got the Ruffles AD. The all dress versus the the, the Dorito. Amanji loves this flavor for some reason. Uh, what's it called, Amanji? I keep forgetting. That. That's how much it sucks. It's called Cool Ranch, and it's a oh, pretty okay. cool flavor. So I I do like this flavor a lot, but in this case, I'm gonna go with the Ruffles all dressed. And Ruffles all wow. dressed is one of my favorites. Shocker! Unlike Shocker. unlike the other other three people here, I'm unbiased and I let the taste do the judgment. Oh no no! What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say you guys are all flawed. Oh, just curious, the most yes, flawed Yes, you yes, are, Imanji. Yes, you are. Oh, yeah, I got. I'm about to say Ruffles Ruffles all dressed for me, and, I, and whatever just curious that does not matter. So DK, what do you have to say? Uh, Ruffles all dressed here as well. Ruffles all dressed. All dressed is my food. Okay. Well, we'll move we'll move back to the Eastern Conference for the final four. We got the Dorito Sweet Chili Heat going up against the these ketchup chips. The heavy, heavyweight right here. Heavyweight battle. This is actually like I said last round was the hardest. I think this is probably gonna be harder. But again, yeah. like I talked about sweet chili heat, it has that sweet and the chili and then the heat. And it like mm-hmm. brings it all together. So that's really why that flavor is probably the perfect chip. Yeah. It has both of those things. So we're going to have to go with the Doritos sweet chili heat. On top of that, Doritos itself is a really good chip. That It's a really good format of a chip, right? If you were to compare, the, compare the formats. So like there's Miss Vicky's who has their like potato kettle chip. And then Dorito has like more of a nacho chip with, that is flavored. Yeah. And then you have other chips like Lay's, which is just like a basic potato that's deep fried. So Doritos has a really good format. So we're going to go with Doritos sweet chili heat here. Uh, yeah, 
for sure. Doritos, I don't, ketchup chips or ketchup chips, they're really good. I like, I love them. They have a soft spot in my heart, but the Doritos are just something else. Just, just curious, what do you got? Let, let me, let no, me guess. Hunta decided to support where did ketchup chips, the ketchup chips, ketchup chips. Well, what do you got? I got sweet chili heat for an uh, obvious reason. Well, I do too, because it's the best chip ever of all time. There's no competition. So we'll move on to the next round of the final four. We got the Doritos nacho cheese versus the Ruffles all dressed. I'm going to have to say Ruffles all dressed here. I think Doritos nacho yeah. cheese is a good flavor, but it's not the best Doritos flavor. So yeah. Ruffles all dressed. Ruffles all dressed is like the everything bagel of the chips world. I'll go with the Ruffles all dressed. Yeah, I got that, Ruffles all dressed. That's probably the well. smartest thing you've said in this whole podcast. All, like, then ever, ever, maybe, ever, ever. Like since he was born. <laughs> so in the Exaggeration final, watch. <laughs> so, uh, we keep it real around the Bites podcast. And we in the final, we got the Dorito Sweet Chili Heat, the best chip ever versus the Ruffles All Dressed. I'm, 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 I'm going to start off. Let me start off. Dorito Sweet Chili Heat, hands down, no question about it. The best chip ever. It gives you the sweet, gives you the tang, gives you the spicy. It's it, like I can't say enough good things. I could probably make a whole podcast just about this chip, but I'm not gonna. So I'm just gonna cut myself off right there. Easily the Dorito Sweet Chili Heat. Yeah, uh, the Sweet Chili Heat. It comes with both like all those flavors, right? You don't know which side you're gonna bite, uh, what side you're gonna bite, what you're gonna get. It's sick, right? But Amazing. I also want to say like I uh, I feel like as an adult or as we're older, we would pick Sweet Chili Heat. But as a kid, I'd like the Ruffles All Dressed because okay. that All Dressed is just like a school staple. Like I'm going to school, my mom's gonna pack me the All Dressed in my lunchbox and I'm going to open it up and all the kids are going to ask me for one as well like yo let's share the chips and stuff I'm going to go with the all dressed <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness get this guy out of here get this guy out of here we're looking for a new fourth person for the Bites podcast I'd like to announce that just Judith may be getting kicked off the podcast no just Judith is here for life that's what I said to me. We're going to discuss after the podcast. All right. So I think up to this point, we're pretty much in line with what the fans had voted yeah. in. I think all the picks are the same. Uh, I think in this one, we're probably going to have the same winner as well. So I'm going to go with the Doritos uh, Sweet Chili Heat just because I think it's a more versatile chip and it adds a little bit of that kick. And that kick is what's missing in the ruffles all dressed i also think doritos as a chip is also better than the ruffles chip even though ruffles is really good so tough matchup in the finals and doritos sweet chili heat is the winner and it's also the winner in the fan vote right yeah well so this just explains how we're so in tune with our fans and i i love it overall the winner of both brackets the championship is Doritos Sweet Chili Heat. So congratulations to the Doritos company. I think it's PepsiCo. Congratulations to PepsiCo on winning it, even though I think they make half of these chips. So congratulations to you guys. Hope you guys uh, put this up on your wall somewhere. Hope you guys uh, really take this seriously as we did. So congratulations <laughs> to PepsiCo. Also, if you guys want to sponsor the podcast, we would not yeah, mind. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to sponsor the podcast, if you guys want to send us free shirts, anything free, we will wear it. We will. If any of you guys listening yeah. send us something free or sponsor the podcast, we are more than happy uh, to support your products, uh, no matter what it is. We do have some exceptions, but mostly at a cost. We are, cost. For, we are for sale. Just curious, <laughs> willing to get a body tattoo as well and anywhere <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a raffle and then for a certain amount of money just youth will get whatever you want tattooed wherever you want no we were gonna we were actually we we're gonna discuss that thank you manji i almost forgot all right guys so that was the end of the buzz podcast so i hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast 
And again, please support us wherever you guys can. We are available on the Apple podcast as well as the Google podcast and Spotify as well as SoundCloud as always. So please make sure you go and follow us on Instagram if you haven't already done so on Twitter and across whatever uh, podcast platform you want. Uh, Thank you again for listening. And we are getting better mics. Hopefully they arrive next week. So whenever they come, we will let you know and it will sound a lot better. So we are doing this again remotely. So once we get together, we will have a better product for you. Thank you again for all your support. Please share, like, and subscribe and retweet and whatever else you guys do. So thank you guys again and have a great day. Yeah, buddy. Thank you.